have this urge to just tell stories and be creating. For me, I daydream of making new podcast episodes with interesting guests and curating art shows around the world. I know that success is not guaranteed, but I also know that if I don't at least try and chase my dreams, I would live in regret for the rest of my life. Today's guest has to paint. He needs to make art to fully express himself, and he is going to do that no matter what gets in the way. I'm your host, Jacob Johnson. This is the My Art is Real podcast, episode 22, Jean-Luc. Yep, so my name's Jean-Luc Almond. Um, I'm an artist from the Democratic Republic of Congo, initially, is where I was born, although I'm British. Uh, both parents are British um, and um, oil painter primarily. And could you explain to me a little bit more about where you were born? So I grew up in um, a little village called Niankundi, which is in the DRC, the Democratic Republic of Congo, which is Central Africa. So uh, Niankundi is like the east side of um, DRC. So, yeah, I was I was born there. Um, my parents were out there sort of um, as missionaries. Um, so, yeah, my my very early uh, childhood was there in terms of memories of it. Um, it's hard to know what is uh, memories and and what is what I've been told by my parents because I was so young. So it's kind of a bit hazy, a bit kind of fading. Um, yeah, so I'm not quite sure what's what's real and what's not. But He lived in Africa until he was about three and a half, and that's when his family moved back to the UK. They moved to a town just an hour north of London, which is a name I can't pronounce. So let's get John Luke back, and he'll tell us real quick. Uh, we came back to the UK, Bedfordshire, um, in the UK, which is about an hour from London. John Luke was a very shy kid growing up, much like myself, and, and I don't know if it was as bad as my shyness when I was growing up, but I remember when it was time for me to start kindergarten school, my mom took me to the school and they had me say my ABCs and, and count and all that basic stuff, right? Well, I just didn't speak at all, not a single word. Finally, my mom got me to talk and they realized that I wasn't dumb, but man, was I shy. Jean-Luc didn't have much interaction with other kids his age before moving back to the UK, so it took a bit of time for him to adjust to this new place and start making friends. Early childhood, uh, from yeah, when I first went to school, I think it was quite difficult um, because I hadn't really had any sort of structure, I guess, um, growing up in Africa. Um, I wasn't used to kind of the social aspect of loads of kids around to play with and I hadn't gone to nursery or anything like that. Um, so I, I think I I probably felt a little bit lost initially. I didn't feel like I fit in kind of at school and I struggled um, in social situations and, yeah, kind of making friends and I always felt a little bit like the odd one out. I remember, like, my voice would always shake when I was asked to kind of uh, read in class and stuff like that. So I, yeah... I was I was a very shy kid, didn't have much confidence. Um, and to be honest, um, I think that I'm still quite an introverted person. Um, I'm good at, around a kind of a few people, but I find um, big crowds quite overwhelming. He was always interested in art and drawing at a young age. 
For him, drawing was his comfort zone. I was always just so um, content drawing. Mother Mace would be playing with like toys and stuff like that, but I was just content just to kind of be there with a pad and pencil and I could just draw for hours and I felt kind of in my comfort zone there. Um, I was not great academically, I'd say, um, but you know, one one thing I yeah really felt comfortable with was was my art. Um, so, and I remember my uh, parents saying to me like, when, when we're in Africa, I used to just be kind of drawing with my finger in kind of mud and stuff like that. So, I always had that kind of I guess visceral um, urge to kind of do things creative. Um, although the strange thing was that initially when I was drawing, um, I didn't really want to paint. I, I was kind of scared of getting <laughs> my hands dirty and my uh, when, I, when I first went to school and, and it took me till I was kind of in my teens I, I would say to kind of start painting um, but but I think I got kind of that foundation of learning to see things and kind of and that structure in place kind of early on from from a lot of drawing and art became a place where he could shut the world out when it became too scary even during my lunch breaks at school, you know, I was going into the, the art um, studio and just drawing. So I felt comforted by that. It allowed me a way to kind of lose myself in another world when I found this world quite scary. So there was a need to do it, that urge, which we we're talking about. Um, but there was also that kind of escape, escape to kind of a, another place where you feel kind of it's unknown, obviously, because you never know what you're going to create, but there's something comforting about that. Like most of us at the young age of 18, we struggle to know what our next step in life should be. With a lot of us creatives, we are pressured to look for a safer route than the arts, but that wasn't the case for John Luke. Sure, he was nervous. I mean, you always hear about the life of a starving artist for a reason, but, but he had some support from his teachers and his parents. I was really struggling to know what to do. Um, to be honest, I, I was, um, I only really, really liked creative subjects. So it was either going to be something, um, kind of dance or drama or art related, but I, I just didn't know how I could go about it. But, um, some of my teachers, um, at school, they, uh, saw you know my my gift for art and they encouraged me to to pursue it and go to art school that really helped that and that was encouraging so um yeah what one of my teachers uh, during upper school recommended uh, city and guilds to me and that's where i i actually ended up going to um to college to study and that was really really good for me because it was a um really sort of small intimate college with good good sort of stuff to student ratios in a really supportive environment and I think I needed that um obviously I needed to be pushed but it, it, in the right way um so yeah and it was during kind of art school that I that I started getting my my vision I guess of kind of how I wanted to take my art and um my sort of voice and my language and when I started becoming like really obsessed with paint and it just became kind of um, much more clear that I, I wanted to be an artist. 
He always knew that if he was going to make this whole art thing work, it was going to be a lot of hard work. And he used that as motivation to push further. I felt like the pressure, I guess, because, um, you know, colleagues of mine were going into more academic subjects. um, And maybe I didn't feel like an artist was like, and maybe like an acceptable career path. I I don't know, maybe that perhaps felt like, oh, can I actually make a career out of this? And um, some people would say, oh, oh, you know, oh, an artist, you can't really be it be an artist you need a proper job sort of thing art sort of a a hobby um so things like that um which is obviously quite an old-fashioned way of talking whereas we we know that that you can so I think that in a way made me nervous but at the same time pushed me I guess to feel to really work hard and to do the best that, that I could do and make it work Here's another thing about getting an art degree. Well, not just an art degree, but a lot of other degrees. Um, Often they don't translate into a job doing what you want. Here's an example of what I mean. To be a nurse like my fiance, you go to nursing school and once you graduate with your degree, boom, you apply for a job and you're working as a nurse. But if you get a master's in fine arts, there isn't some place you can just apply with your resume to get a job being an artist. So once John Luke was finished with school, he had to pay the bills. So he got a job as a caregiver. I was thinking maybe I do something part time as well alongside my art. And, and that's what I ended up doing, actually, because when I graduated, I just I was a bit lost. I was like, what do I do now? You know, how do I actually make a make a living from this? So I was looking for part time jobs, basically just anything that would help, you know, pay the bills so I could do my art. So I ended up working pretty much full time as a carer and doing night shifts and then painting during the day. So I was was absolutely shattered, but it just allowed me to, yeah, pursue my passion. So um, it was um, I was working with with uh, people with learning disabilities um, in one place and then also with with people with dementia in another one. So it's a very challenging role. Um, but it just, I don't know, it gave me an awareness of life at, at such a young age as well, kind of um, how fragile life is and how important it is and to kind of make the most of it. But working this job and trying to make a career as an artist on the side was a lot of hard work. John Luke was exhausted. I felt so really, really exhausted, really tired through um, because I was basically doing a you know 10 hour night shift and then I would come back home and I wouldn't sleep most of the time or I'd have one or two hours sleep and then I would just do my art um, for the rest of the day um so it was it was just tiring initially for those first first sort of five six years after art college where I was trying to balance balance like trying to be an artist and um I was lucky in that I had really in, encouraging kind of parents and um, my my girlfriend, who's now my wife, um, was just really supportive and kind of, you know, encouraging me to kind of, they could obviously see that this was something that, that I was good at. Did you have to force yourself sometimes to paint and work or was it just like 
if you didn't do this, you just felt like off. You had to be painting. Um, it was that urge. I just had to do it. There was something inside of me that just needed to come out. I've always struggled to articulate things in in words, um, but I was I found a way of sort of articulating things better better with my art and with paint um so that became my language in a, a way and my means of expressing myself so yeah i just had to do it john luke has a unique style of painting his figures are often dark and more out of focus with an abstract style to them his works didn't start that way it was a slow progression of removing elements like the eyes and adding in thick textured layers of paint over the portraits I love it when you see artists like John Luke where they start out with more detail in their works and they slowly turn more abstract, not as a way to cover up any lack of skill, but as a way to enhance the work and to bring it into a new level that just couldn't be reached for them by staying with that more detailed style. I started to experiment with sort of portraiture and I was doing a lot of these kind of multiple head series where I was just kind of painting all these different heads on one canvas and kind of abstracting them to different degrees and bringing out certain features or hiding hiding others. Um, and I just became really, yeah, intrigued by kind of the face. But then the face was like a vehicle to express kind of an emotion. Um, so it wasn't necessarily like, oh, I needed to paint the, the, fe- the features or make it look like this person. That from the subject matter, it was more like, how can I, yeah, bring out something deeper through maybe what's not seen, but through the features. So, so it wasn't so much about the representation anymore. It was kind of more about kind of the the abstraction bringing out more emotion. Um, I loved painting eyes, and I was really good at painting eyes. But I started just taking them out because it just it did this kind of this raw kind of feeling to the to the work when I would do it and I, um, it was like it's taking away kind of individuality of that person um, that maybe I was painting but at the same time it was be- becoming more of a general kind of feeling something which felt more how we feel in life. The emotion that you put into this work is it all of your emotions or is it coming from some of the subjects you're using in your work? I think it's probably more more my own because I, I feel quite deeply when I'm painting. But then I I feel like if people can relate to my work at an exhibition and they can say, oh, that makes me feel this, it may be it's because that there is this thing in life, you know, that of it's much more deeply layered than what we just see on the outside. You know, there's so many ranges of emotions that we feel, you know, the with happiness but sadness um there's so much dark darkness in life as well as beauty so i think the for me this interesting kind of these polarities of kind of beauty and brokenness creation destruction darkness light kind of all feed into the work and they're things that we all feel and so i feel it when i'm painting but i think some people it's too disturbing for them but other people they can really relate to it based on our own experiences, I guess. And some people want to confront that. For me, kind of darkness comes out probably as my way of confronting it because I'm aware of, aware of what's around me and it's my, my way of dealing with it. But to other people, they don't want to confront it. They just want the beauty aspect of, 
for me, they have to exist together. Um, can't have one without the other. So for it to be more real and more like life itself. For John Luke, the abstractions actually make the work more real than if you would have painted a normal portrait. It may seem strange, like, to make something more real, to completely abstract it. Um, but it's someone can smile, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're happy. And so it's just trying to excavate deeper into our being. Um, and that's mirrored by my use of texture, I think, and paint and the visceral surface of kind of just pulling out things, kind of sometimes not, not even quite sure what, how it's going to turn out and what the paint's going to do, but letting the paint take on its own form, which brings, brings out just a, a, something emotive which I didn't think was possible. John Luke's emotional state of mind is directly connected to his art, and when the art is going great, he feels great, but when he's having a creative block, it can really drag him down. His emotions with his art began to grow, and it started to seep into his work life and made his day job a lot more difficult. Yeah, I would just get obsessive as well. It was just, it became an obsession. That was just, even when I was doing my caring, I was just thinking about my art and just what I was going to do next and just had all these thought, thoughts kind of popping around in my head. And in a way that became unhealthy towards the end because I, I focused on, on my caring in one place, but then then my art in another and I needed to kind of prioritize one um, and obviously I always wanted to become an artist so in the end um, that was a natural time to do it when when I felt like I couldn't <laughs> I didn't I wasn't able to care the best that, that I could anymore yeah which was <laughs> you know the uncertainty of it um, being an artist you know it's being self-employed it's, you know you never quite know um, when the next you know paychecks coming in so it's it was a risk but um yeah I just felt like I needed to just take just to take that risk it was at this time that he realized he needed to move on and COVID also hit at the same time which made it the perfect opportunity for him to try to pursue his dream and make it a full-time job which was actually what a lot of people did during this time being an entrepreneur is no joke I mean I've been trying to do it for years now with Martyrs Real, and it's still a pain sometimes. Not only do you have to do a lot of work, but often you can't predict your income. It could be a lot one day and nothing the very next. So it's a constant uphill battle trying to make things work. Just have to learn to, I guess, just constantly work hard because you you just never, you never know. I do find that if you keep working hard, you just keep integrity in your work and just it's it's difficult because it can feel you can feel down if you've not had a good month with um, sales or whatever. But it's kind of like you never know in, in a few months' time. Like that one piece that you that you created when you were down and when things weren't weren't going well, that's just sold. Um, you know, a few months down the line, and had you not picked up the courage to do to do that, um, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't have made made that sale in the end. So it's kind of like yeah setting yourself targets just to you know pick up a brush each day even if it if you find it really hard to pay them and just struggling to um find motivation setting yourself like small stepping stones sometimes just you know today i'm just gonna it's gonna be an achievement for me just to kind of pick up a brush today and just try it try and create something whether it's good or bad but um yeah just 
you've got you've got to do it because through creating it brings more ideas and it brings more more motivation I, I think the hardest thing is when you stop it and and if you go through a kind of a depressive phase which I've been through where I struggled to paint for for a few months um and it's so much harder to start it again even with the stress and responsibilities of managing his art career he knew he couldn't give up after all it is his life's dream to share his art with the world, and if he was going to just give up and stop trying, that would be worse than trying and failing. When you have such a strong passion for something, it's important to chase it when you can and not let it pass you by, as life is always moving forward and you can never get that time back. I was just like, I have no idea. We cannot predict if something's going to go well or not, can we? It's not in our hands, but at least give it a go at least just know that you've done done the best you can and put in everything the the biggest regret would be that i i didn't try to make it happen um if i look back in you know um many years time and i think well, you didn't try hard enough you never gave yourself a shot at it so definitely i think there's that reminding yourself all the time as well for motivation when you're painting it's like Imagine if you don't put in the effort now, it, you will regret it later on. So um, use it as fuel. And while the world seems to celebrate all things fake from social media and celebrities, in the end, what really wins is being authentic and being true to yourself and what you believe in. Yeah, integrity is so important. Um, just creating the work that you that you want to create. I've always been like that. It's not. At the end of the day, it may not sell, uh, but you know, if if I create something, I'm that I re I'm really pleased with, um, and I've really needed to create, and that's the most important thing. I know it's it's hard to balance that with with ma making a, a living, but I do I do find though I think when you stay true to yourself, people do feel it. So at exhibitions, like some works that you know I was really concerned about that I put and I was you know thinking oh will people actually like this is it too dark too abstract is it you know have I pushed this texture too far um that is just are people just going to find it hideous um and then one person will come along and be like I absolutely love that and then you know may buy it and then you're just like wow that's just that's given me so much encouragement to just stay true to myself Thanks for listening, but don't leave just yet. I need your help. It's time to be honest and real. This podcast takes so much work, and I'm all alone and working on it, and the countless other tasks like writing blog articles and posting for artists and, and doing these online shows and trying to curate physical shows, it's a lot. I'm trying to tell as many artist stories as I can and help artists in any way I can, and I could really use some help myself. I'm working on uploading the very first bonus episode to Patreon this week. So if you want to head on over to Patreon and sign up for only $3 a month, it would really help me out. I'm going to be putting up full bonus episodes every month and a bunch of other content for you guys there. So please check it out. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Myers Row Podcast, and I'll see you in the next one.